with me Phil and me Paul and on this week's show we return once again to the world of Big Finish and this time we take a look at the Paul McGann story The Chimes of Midnight but first let's have some news and well compared to last week we've got well a few more news items haven't we actually yes. actually, before we go any further Paul obviously we haven't heard because you weren't on the show last week we haven't heard what you thought of the little teaser trailer um yeah, I, I mean, I haven't watched all of it yet, obviously. <laughs> there was an awful lot to see, wasn't there? But Yes. Yeah, what did you think? Because I, th- I thought it was suitably enigmatic, actually. Yeah, I mean, pe- people moan when they put out too much information, so why not just do that? That's all it needs at this point in time. Exactly. Now, just before we start recording, I did see a rumour on the Twitter that there may be a full trailer being released this weekend. Now, as we're recording on the Friday night, we may have missed out on an important news item. So, yeah, yeah so, why do we care? Well, we care exactly. So, um, if there has been a trailer, we'll um, be last with the news next week. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just get on with this week's news instead. Um, now, uh, unfortunately, we start with some um, sad news. Um, actress Barbara Murray, who played uh, Lady Cranley in the Black Orchid, which we did a commentary on. Well, not that long ago, was it? No. Actually. Unfortunately, she passed away at the age of 84. Um, now, um, I didn't actually know she was that old, to be honest, because she did look quite sort of youngish in Black Hawk, which admittedly was in 1982. Yeah, so you're talking 30 years ago. Yeah, so I didn't realise she was sort of um, that old. But um, now apparently she she sort of died, or she died, actually died in hospital May the 20th, where she apparently she sort of fell and broke her hip. Um, so it's uh, quite sad, but I never realised she was in Passport to Pimlico. Yeah, I saw that, and and was thinking to myself, yeah, you being the Ealing fan out of the, on, yeah. on the podcast, yeah. So my my eye was taken to that, and I was trying to think, oh right, okay, yeah, not necessarily hadn't put two and two together there, really, but no, exactly, it's the same person from Black Orchid, but yeah, but um, apparently her other her other TV roles were the Palaces, which I've heard of, but I can't remember ever watching that. Um, his and hers, never a crossword. The power game, which I've heard of as well, and the Indian tales of Rudyard Kipling. Yes, yes, well, whatever the hell that was. Um, but it looks like she did a lot of theatre work as well. I think it's probably what she was probably most sort of famous for. I think really in, in sort of like theatre circles and such. Yes. But uh, yeah, very yeah, sad news. Sad news. Okay, on to some more um, uplifting news, I believe. Um, adventure in time and space. Or, sorry, let me say that again. An adventure in space and time, I should say. Let's get that right. Let's get that right, please. Yes, it's been nominated in the Critics' Choice uh, Television Awards, which is um, held every year in the USA. And this year it's going to be on Thursday the 19th of June. And uh, apparently it's been hosted by actor-comedian Cedric the Entertainer. Yes. Yes, indeed. Obviously, Obviously, that's building your part up somewhat, isn't it? Um, Yes, it's been nominated in. As opposed to if it had been here, it would have been Bruce the Entertainer. (laughs) Or Bruce, I'm I'm an entertainer. But uh, (laughs) the best work I ever did was in Sammy Davis Jr. But (laughs) that's all all he's lived off of for the last 30 years, actually, was that thing he did with Sammy Davis Jr. I know, Sammy Davis Jr. should have got a new act by now. (laughs) 
Yes, anyway. Um, <laughs> moving on. Well, he's been reunited with Frank and Dino now, hasn't he? So, uh, but anyway, yes, he's been nominated in the Best Movie category. I'm, I'm assuming it's Best TV Movie. I don't know how it was released in the States. I'm assuming it was it's just a TV movie like it was... Um, over here, but uh, but also David Bradley has been nominated as uh, best actor in a in a in a movie of miniseries. It says that doesn't sound right. And Jessica Rain, who's to play Verity Lambert, she's been nominated in the best supporting actress in a movie or miniseries. So good luck to the pair of them. Actually, good luck yeah. to the pair of them. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean it's unfortunate. I think um, David Bradley and Benjamin Space of Time missed out in the BAFTA. Awards, didn't it? Yes. Uh, for, for in particular, but I know David Bray did win the award for Broadchurch, which we sort of reported on last week. But uh, yeah, so good luck. I'd like to think they they win something because it was a fantastically well put together production. It was, yeah. Just 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 for the the care taken and the eye for detail on it. Oh God, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, outstanding. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, so the fingers crossed for that one. Fingers crossed. Now, um, now next up, um, actually, I'm going to save the, the Series 8 casting news till last, actually. Um, another, this is for our, uh, our listeners in the US. Um, there's a TV station called Retro TV, and they've just signed a deal with BBC Worldwide to show uh, classic episodes of Doctor Who across the United States, it says here. Now, I don't know if Retro TV is a, a, a pay-per-view or, or anything like that. Absolutely, I'm assuming it would be, um, but... Um, now, apparently they're going to show um, just under, what well, basically all the surviving classic episodes, which is just under 500 episodes in, in total. Um, that will cover the first the adventures of the first seven Doctors. So, unfortunately, yeah. you, you're, not, you're not getting... I was going to say, so, so there'd be someone, someone's there saying, they're never going to be showing the missing ones as well. <laughs> well, but, but looking at that, you're not, you're not going to get the Paul McGann TV movie, unfortunately. But, but I imagine there must be some rights thing with that because that was done by Fox wasn't it yeah so they probably still own the, the American rights set yeah probably probably but uh, I, yeah. I was just thinking they, they've obviously done it because they want to do the uh, the dream double bill that they can show Doctor Who and Highway to Heaven <laughs> <laughs> looking at their list of other programmes has that ever been repeated anywhere on British TV Highway to Heaven uh, I don't think so. Well, I don't, not that I've necessarily been looking for it. I have to say, <laughs> I'm gonna have to search in my skybox there to see if it's showing anything. <laughs> see if your recordings are still there. <laughs> oh dear, I've forgotten about Highway to Ever. Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> so um, I until I saw it listed there as one of the programs. <laughs> anyway, we're not the Michael Landon podcast. We're the Doctor Who podcast. Um, <laughs> Yes, um, so these um, episodes will start airing on Retro TV this summer. It says this. So if we get any dates, uh, confirmed dates of when it actually starts airing, we'll uh, we'll let you know. But uh, <laughs> or you could just look I at mean, the Retro <laughs> TV website. It's up to you, really. I was going to say, if we find out when Highway to Heaven is being shown on UK TV, we'll also let you know. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, um, I want to say this one till last. Uh, some casting news for Series Eight. Um, now. Are you holding on to something, Paul? Yes. You're holding on to something, right? Okay, because singer-songwriter Foxes is to appear in Doctor Who. Hooray. Hooray. <laughs> now, I, I don't know about you, Paul. When I first read this um, headline, I went, who? Now yes, we're, we're that old, Phil. <laughs> exactly. This is going to show how out of touch I am. Now, apparently, she is a Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter. Her real name is Louisa Rose Allen. 
It says she's better known as Foxes. Yeah, um, obviously to us, she's better known as Foxes. Better known as Foxes. Um, and apparently she's also going to sing in Doctor Who as well. Yes. Yes. This um, sort of starts to worry me. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is this is sort of ending up, this is sort of when you're starting to think about the 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 last days of McCoy, isn't it? This sort of... This, yeah, is she like the, 20, the 21st century version of uh, Courtney Pine? <laughs> this is it. <laughs> yeah, I've got absolutely no clue who she is. Absolutely no clue at all. But you honest. do sort of start thinking with Frank Skinner coming in. Yeah. So, so you're bringing in a comedian. Now you're bringing in a, a, song, a, a singer songwriter that no, I haven't heard of. But Yeah. <laughs> It's starting to look a bit that way, isn't it? It's starting to look a bit, a bit Ken Dodd, isn't it? Really? It is. A bit high in pace. They're next to be announced again. They're coming back. They're, They're reprising their roles as the shopkeepers. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. It could work out very, very well, or it could be, it could be, um, I don't know. But I mean, it just depends on how big a part she's got, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. It could just be in the background, really, couldn't it? I mean, it, it could be that she, I mean, you, you start to think, is it going to be that she's some sort of singer in, or whatever, and they've come to help her or whatever? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Well, apparently it says that she took Tom off from her UK tour um, for, for her album Glorious to undertake filming. <laughs> so it can't be a big part then, can it? <laughs> Well, I you don't know how how long it would take to actually, obviously, just do one episode, being one episode, or being one scene in one episode. Yeah, who knows? I mean, to be honest, the uh, the Christmas Carol one survived Catherine Jenkins in a song, didn't it? So, it did, I suppose. Yes. So, but, uh, and it was was none the well. But Catherine Jenkins, I've heard of. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard of foxes. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from worrying the cats outside at three o'clock in the morning, that's about it. <laughs> but... Oh well, Granddad, there you go. <laughs> exactly. But hey, it's the kind of music that kids seem to like. <laughs> the kids are really dig that anyway. So... <laughs> I've heard she's 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 a she's a she's a number one on the hit parade. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, let's let's escape this musical hell. And quickly go to Omega's Tech Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Right, now we've got one item of attack for you this week. And this is, um, again, from Big Chief Studios. Um, I think we last reported we were doing that um, very, very good uh, Tom Baker figure, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Now, they're doing a, uh, a Weeping Angel uh, statue this time. And apparently it's um, the single figurine. It's limited to 150 pieces. Okay, now it is... Available to pre-order, as we record now, actually, on the 30th of May. So by the yes. time this goes out, you can, uh, you'll probably all be gone, because it's, it's limited to 150 pieces. Or you get the two-pack um, edition, which oh, is... Limited... It with fraps, it? Yes, it does, yes. <laughs> it ends up getting shot in a drive-by shooting. But um, um, <laughs> I don't know if that's how he went at all. I've got absolutely no idea. <laughs> I could be doing the man a vast disservice. But um, we've, we've, we've previously established we're not in touch with the youth, are we? This, 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 this episode is really hitting our strong points musically, isn't it? I'm waiting for we could get a, a link into Pickety Witch. <laughs> <laughs> or Lieutenant Pigeon. Also, Lieutenant Pigeon for our UK listeners. Um, now, the single figurine is um, £179.99. 
including VAT. And if you want the two-pack edition, it's £309.99, including VAT, which is one hell of a lot of money. Yes. Um, But however, now what we haven't mentioned so far... um, this is part of the, and it, this this is fantastic. It's announcing the Stephen Moffat signature edition, and they, they're using the photo that is the. Are you looking for love? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a Stephen Moffat. Are you looking for love? Stuff, and it's got his signature on the photo as well. Now I'm going to put this photo, just the photo, up onto our Facebook group because it is... <laughs> up onto, onto your relationships online website. <laughs> Because this photograph, I think, was taken about ten years ago as well. As, as most as most photos on dating websites are. <laughs> I know mine is exactly. Mine's <laughs> a photograph of George Clooney. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it is brilliant. This photograph is actually brilliant. But it's just it's just this cheesy photograph of him. It's just announcing the Stephen Moffat signature edition, and you, you expect to go. Ooh, afterwards as well. <laughs> oh dear, it's Stephen Moffat bringing the sexy. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. So um, sh- th- 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 let's quickly shut this news article. I'll tell you, down, I'll tell you what, though. Go on. I've had a look at this. The ad- <laughs> and someone didn't necessarily re- proofread this, did they? Oh, go on. I've actually read it. I'm bothered to read it, to be honest. <laughs> no, no, no. Cause I, just, I just got bowled over by the quality of the photo. <laughs> so if you look at the last sentence of the, f- the first paragraph and look at the next paragraph, that someone's just actually, they've actually just repeated the same paragraph. <laughs> oh, they have as well, haven't they? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, oh, they're really thrilled because they've said it twice. Then I realised, actually, they've, they've said everything twice. Twice. <laughs> I, know, I don't know what it is. They just lost concentration staring into Stephen's eyes. <laughs> It's that dreamy look on his face, isn't it? Mmm, <laughs> Stephen Moffat, what a dream boat. <laughs> oh, dear. I think we've just blown any hope we had of ever getting an interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he's famously got a sense of humour. He <laughs> <laughs> oh, read that on his matchmaking page, have you, as well? Yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> Good sense of humour. <laughs> right, Okay. Let's shut this down now because I'm just getting lost in the eyes of Stephen Moffat right now. So, so for another week then, that was the news. Okay, everybody, it's now time to go into the world of Big Finish once again. And as we said at the top of the show, this time we're looking at the Chimes of Midnight. Well, Charlie, where are we? I don't know, Doctor. It's too dark. You were supposed to be getting me to Singapore, you know. 1930, remember? An Edwardian Christmas. How lovely. Hmm. I never much liked plum pudding. Cook always used to make far too much of it. And we were still picking our way through it by New Year. Oh, I love a bit of plum pudding, though. Charlie, there'll be a death here soon. Edith, what are you saying? Who's dead? I can make you warmer than that fire ever could. Can't you just leave it, I said. I only wanted a kiss been your favourite ever since you were a little girl. It certainly has. You'll make me plum pudding forever, won't you? Even when I'm grown up. (laughs) There'll be another murder soon and everyone will forget me. Don't you forget me, Charlie. Oh, 
Mr. Shaughnessy, you're pointing a gun at us. Yes, sir. That's not a very nice way for a well-bred butler to behave, is it? You are not to go upstairs. It is not our place. We only go upstairs when we are summoned. Please, don't leave me here on my own. Doctor? Doctor, where are you? Of course, it's not proof. I mean, I suppose I could be lying when I said I didn't kill her. Oh, yes. As, of course, could I. Stand to reason. Once you've committed murder, a bit of fibbing is hardly going to bother your conscience, is it? It's mocking us. Whatever this force is, it's mocking us. Right, I believe it's my turn to go first, isn't it? It is. Indeed. Okay. When I first started listening to this, all I could think of was, this is a Sapphire and Steel story. Yeah, it is totally, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um... And because it was so close to Saffron still, I bloody loved it. <laughs> I mean, that, that was that was probably well. That that was my review as well. So shall we move on? <laughs> That's Next it. Week, Next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I absolutely loved it. It was um, probably the most atmospheric big finish story I've listened to so far. It really is. I thought uh, it it just hit all the right notes. And all the things that really, actually, listening back to it again, that should annoy the hell out of me, I okay. didn't care about. Right. Like, I... they kept, kept repeating about the, oh, you love my plum pudding, and all that sort of stuff, which actually, I think, in lesser story, would have just got on my nerves. Yeah. Now, actually, before we go any further, let's get this out of the way now. There will be spoilers ahead. Yes. Okay, because this was released in 2005. This story, so um, it can. It's earlier than that, wasn't it? I, I don't know. Actually, I thought it was two thousand five. But anyway, um, it was <laughs> whatever year it was released. It was a long time ago, and I'm afraid that you can't say spoilers anymore, really. So um, yeah. So you know, we're, we're taking it that you've listened to it exactly, exactly. So. Or oh, you're not bothered about listening to it. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of people yeah. aren't bothered about Big Finish, and I, I think really you should be. You should be bothered because this is an absolutely outstanding story. I, th- I feel it really is. Um, it was it was suitably, I'll say, atmospheric. It was creepy. Um, the the way that because basically the, the story is they land in this Edwardian house and people are getting murdered, and then basically time resets itself and they're getting murdered again, but in different ways. And everybody seems very sort of um, the people who are getting murdered don't seem to remember they had been murdered and they just write off a suicide. And a very, or, very, do, or do remember they're getting murdered. Yeah. It, it, it gets it really... You, it gets, you start trying to work it. You are sitting there yeah. and going along with the Doctor is into actually, what is the game going on here? Exactly. And who is and, the mysterious Edward Grove? And I think that the, the, there well. is the great bit in this when obviously the Doctor turns around and says, no, I'm not playing anymore until I know what the rules are. Yeah, and you do feel a bit like that when you're trying to work it out yourself. That, yeah, that, that actually does echo with how your brain is starting to try and piece this together itself. Well, what I, I mean, what I liked was when a character was murdered, they just said, "Oh, uh, suicide." Then, and it was all very sort of like um, that's what I loved about it because it was, it was sort of like especially the uh, the butler character, yeah, who was just sort of. Um, suicide was it, sir? Okay, sir. And, then, and he just completely ignored it, didn't he? He just carried on. Right, it's just the fact I loved that it. As, as it kept going as well, right? It starts off with the doctor saying, no, no, it can't be suicide, and explaining why it couldn't be suicide and all this. Yeah. And then when it gets to the 
chauffeur. It's, yes, yes, no, I think you're right. He drove his car into the room, run himself over, and then parked the car back into the garage. Because <laughs> the, fir- the first sort of uh, murder-stroke-suicide you-, you come across is um, the character of Edith, who plays yeah. a very... She's like the, the, the import- most important character, uh, I-, I think, in the story. And um, she drowns in a, in a washing up. Yeah. Uh, which the doctor points out there's not enough water in there for her to, to drown. build her lungs, and, her lungs up. Yeah. And at the point where, have, where she'd have, before she'd have drowned, she'd have passed out, and in passing out, her head would have fallen, she'd have, her body would have pulled her out of the water. Exactly. Um, then you've got the Mrs. Uh, Badley, who's the, uh, the cook, who uh, is basically death by plum pudding. Yeah. Um, well, basically, she's, she's full fed the, or she, according to the rest of the characters, she's full fed herself the plum pudding. pudding. <laughs> yeah. And then put two pennies on her eyes. Exactly. <laughs> so it's um it's a very, very strange story because you, you get these weird things where um they Charlie Pollard and the Doctor like because this is set at Christmas as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um and they sort of pull a cracker and then the cracker basically sort of reverses it and doesn't it unpulls itself, doesn't it? Yeah. Everything um, for the first what is it? Half of the well, for the first quarter of the story, yeah, that they can't actually everything they do, the house just repairs, doesn't it? Yeah, because that, that's because the, the... there's a lot of things in as we said, um, it's a bit saffron steel, but it's also very um, ghost light as well, isn't it? Yeah, where you've got like the house and you've got the doctor's companion is really the the key to what's going on, and they're the key to fixing everything, as Ace was. In that story yeah. as well, so um, it's it's very much like there, there's a lot of you can compare it to a lot of other things, but I, I think that works in in its advantage. To but you can't say it's de- it, yes, it is derivative, but it's derivative in the right way. They I mean, even if, even if you it. wanted to take it forward then to a uh, house in the Doctor's wife, yes, it had that sort of feel to it to the end as well, didn't it? It did, yeah. Um, to the point of having servants that yes, run the, around doing its bidding, and yeah, because the mysterious um, Edward Grove is actually you discover it is the house, yeah, which I thought was a nice little. I th- so if you, if you didn't believe us, with spoilers. You, you, now we really have spoiled it now. Um, <laughs> it's now too late. <laughs> yeah, so basically, it was sort of the, it was basically the Char- uh, Charlie and the Doctor arrive and create this paradox, didn't it? And the, and the sort of the, the house thought it was now alive. I mean, the fact is, you, know, you, you just didn't realise that was coming, did you? You didn't, no. It was a it, really, really good... I know we have really blown this story out of the water for you, but um, as I say, it, it's, <laughs> it's nearly it's, ten, it's nearly like nine years old, this story, or possibly over nine years old. So, um, But yeah, it was... As you say, you didn't see that one coming at all. Um, the only thing I'd, I'd sort of had a little bit of a problem with was the actual the, sort of the resolution to it, really. Yeah, it was a bit too easy, wasn't it? Mm. Well, not even easy. It was just it, there were slight bits of it that you just suddenly thought, "Well, I'm not actually quite sure if this actually solved anything." <laughs> what this solved in terms of where it was going? Because if she doesn't kill herself, just because she doesn't kill herself, then doesn't does that necessarily mean she's not going to kill herself? It just yeah, because bit... I was I was also a little bit. Um, I must have I only managed to listen to this once during the week, uh, but I was a little bit confused with the whole Edith Charlie relationship because you find out that Edith was actually the cook at Charlie's yes family in the, first, home. in the late 20s in the late 20s and she committed suicide because uh 
they all thought Charlie died on the R101 airship. Yes. When in fact the Doctor, if you know the, so, your, your big Finnish history, you know the Doctor saved her from yeah. there. Uh, but they found her di- Charlie's diary, which was then sent home, and the family thought she'd, she'd perished on, on the airship. Um, and because Charlie was the only one that actually spoke to Edith and it acknowledged the fact that she was there rather than she was just the cook, Edith saw that she was like Charlie was her best friend. And yeah. basically she was devastated when, when she thought Charlie had died, so she committed suicide. Which is why every time someone dies in the house, the first assumption is, oh, it's suicide. It's suicide, exactly. Because that's how, that's how the house is cope- looks at death. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm still yet to... Maybe you can put me right on this, Paul, was the fact that where... How do these characters end up in Edward Grove, the house Edward Grove? It's Cause obviously, basically... Because obviously Edith wasn't there, was she? Or was it Charlie bought because they landed, landed there, she bought Edith with her sort of thing? Because that bit I couldn't quite it's, figure out. There's a certain thing that I think she. This is this is this is actually yeah. I'm slightly. It's slightly the bit that you sort of think to yourself, "This would really annoy me on another story." And I was trying to work. It's all to do with what it seems to me is all to do with the fact that there becomes the paradox. Oh, the other characters in the house mm. are created from. It's almost the house is projecting everybody. Yeah. So everybody from Shaughnessy to Mrs. Badley to Frederick to Mary are all projections from Edith mm. that the house has latched onto. And whether it's the confirmation... It's, it's odd, because uh, this is what I can't quite... It, time is really mixed up in this. Oh, completely, because it, it stops, in the fact it, it moves forward, it resets even, itself. And, even yeah. if this was, this was Edith in 19... Wherever you think it was, 1906, is 1906, it? 1906, yeah. Yeah. She wouldn't necessarily know who Charlie was then, so it wouldn't be a paradox to her. It wouldn't create any fe- feelings in her to see Charlie. No, it was, it was only after Edith sort of passed over. So it's almost as that, if, that yeah, she, it, she, it's she, her Charlie's spirit. Charlie's messages, and it was actually it's, Mrs. Badley, the cook, yeah. who tried to form that that bond with, with Charlie over the plum pudding. Well, because because... You obviously realise that Mrs. Badley is also a version of Edith. Edith, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you had to pay attention to this one. Yeah, it, it it deserves more than one listen, I think, to to fully appreciate. It does. The I'm plot. not quite sure whether it really sorts itself out as, as to how the paradox occurs. And to be honest, if you're worried about creating paradoxes, right at the end, going back mm. and actually meeting them. Is surely going to create a paradox at some point. Well, that well that seems to to, to suggest then that the those characters weren't being projected by by the house; they were real because they went back to a real place and met the real people. Well, they go back and they meet. I suppose Shaughnessy I mean, could have been. Yeah, they meet Shaughnessy and Edith, don't they? But whether the actual people were real at that time, but they was projecting all the people that have. She's met, isn't it? She says they're all the people she met. Frederick mm. was, a, was a chauffeur, but not necessarily him. Yeah. Not in that form, but those characteristics. Yeah, it was, it was, I would say you really did have to sort of pay, you know, pay a lot of attention to this one. And I think I probably, as I say, it did, I did need to listen to it a, a second time. I really, I really did. So unfortunately, I just didn't get time to listen to it again. Uh, but but I, I still loved it. I absolutely, yeah. absolutely I loved it. I like the bits where... You had 
where they played a scene mm. right at the beginning before they'd actually been allowed into the house, before the Doctor and Charlie had been allowed into the house, and there was sort of just between Edith and Charlie, they was just getting sort of sounds of each other. Yeah. And they played a scene. Then it went to Charlie talking. And then it went back and played the same scene, but this time Edith had heard. Exactly, yeah. So it changed just slightly as if you you could get the fact that them coming into it was making changes all the time, even before they was fully in the house. Yeah, because that, that's the whole the whole point of this story, is Charlie convincing Edith not to kill herself. Yeah. And Charlie re- 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 promising to remember who Edith was. Yeah. That was the whole thing that no, nobody bothered to remember who Edith was and Charlie was the only oh. one to do that. So yeah. um but that's that's really what ends the paradox and kills the house. Or or the yeah. or the, the Or stops him from becoming the paradox being that uh there was something to be to do with Charlie and Edith both being alive, wasn't it? So yeah. and that was or the thing not both not being dead. Because that was the whole thing of uh, the house is trying to convince Charlie to kill herself as well. Yeah. So to complete what it should have been, what it believed to be, what the what the circle was to it. Yeah, because that's the whole thing. It kept looping at the chime. The whole story is called the chimes of midnight. Basically, it kept looping every time the, the chimes went at midnight. It looped back and repeated people basically committing suicide. Yeah, really. You know. Um, but what I liked about it as well that with it, the little things like when the house got wind of like the doctor might be onto something. That the hands on the clock would whiz round. Or it sent what sent one of the staff to stop him. To stop him, yeah. It or, was like when, when he tried to go outside. It was like, oh, I've got a, the chauffeur says I've got orders to hit you with this poker. Yeah. If you try to step outside. Or it was also going upstairs as well to to yeah. see the master of the house. Yeah. Who obviously there was no master of the house, was there? Yeah. So it was. Yeah. Um, and that's how he tries to draw him out, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Also, the fact that like when, when he, he tried to, he also tried to stop things happening. They they looked at the, the the clock face and they could see like the minute hand just shaking. Yeah, like, trying not to move. You know, it, it was almost like it was like playing um, like musical chairs or something ridiculous like that. It was sort yeah. of trying to, you know, it's like some sort of party game. It was, and I like that. I like the fact that the whole thing surrounded this clock. And yeah. anything to do with like ticking clocks and chimes is always a little bit creepy and atmospheric anyway and also like the fact that the doctor actually does try to leave really you know it, it, there's not a point where it's it's all simple to the doctor no because you do get the impression the doctor's actually a little bit scared by this well on the fact that he does actually try to run away he does yeah on more than one occasion doesn't he? yeah but when he does try to run away in the tardis is actually the house is now part of the tardis to be honest if this had been well. a sapphire and still episode hmm they are left at that point. Yeah, and it just would have left. That would have been the end of the episode. It would have been. <laughs> they wouldn't have bothered trying to resolve it. <laughs> no, like the well, the very final episode of Saffron Stillbay because they yeah. were trapped in that motorway cafe at the end, weren't they? So yeah. spoilers, sorry, but uh, <laughs> I'm ruining everything for everybody tonight. I? <laughs> By the way, there's no Father Christmas or the Easter Bunny either. <laughs> Yeah, um... Oh, no, don't believe you. Those eggs appear everywhere. <laughs> what, Father Christmas eggs? It's because you, you might leave them out that brandy and a mince pie. It leaves you a little present. <laughs> it tastes very chocolatey. <laughs> these, these Christmas truffles are getting worse than the other year. 
anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I mean, what do you think of, of Paul McGann? Because I thought I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Well, this this is this is this is these sort of episodes of where you realise just what a great Doctor we lost. Yes. Yes, indeed. And just just like I say, just the way he goes about how he copes with the way things are changing, like going from the starting to explain to people no why this can't be suicide to to the fact that he then just starts embracing it and he coming up with even wilder ideas of how it could have been suicide. Yeah. Than than the staff. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, as you said, the, the the whole chauffeur with the car thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh basically and like I said, the the only bit when I said where he just turns around and you get the sort of no, I'm not playing anymore until you tell me what the rules are. Yeah, and of course. But this is one sort of thing he wasn't really winning, was he? No, to be honest, he wasn't. He, he was sort of, and even at the end, he had to get. It was Sean, he was it to strangle him. Yeah, he suddenly worked out that he couldn't win this. He couldn't fight this inside the house. He had to do it where the house had no power. Yeah, and that was in the place where the dead go. Yeah. Now the only sort of thing I could sort of, sort of query about that, if the doctor died, surely he would have regenerated. But I'll let that one go. Um, I suppose that in the space that the what I suppose you could say is if the house was slowing down time as it was at that point mm-hmm. to such an extent, there would still be a point. There's still a point when the doctor between the regenerations. I mean, if you take McGann's McCoy to McGann's regeneration itself. There was quite a lot of time went by between. That's right, there was. It's a, it's a, it's a plausible theory, isn't and it? And if time's being slowed down to an extent anyway, of course, that time would increase. Yes. That would, the, the appearance of that time would increase. Yeah. It's, it's plausible. Sorry. It's plausible. Yes. I, I don't really want to... I, I, I'm not really that bothered about explaining this episode, actually, to be honest. No. And this is what I say. is it's, it's odd. If this had been something that wasn't as I feel well written and well acted as this I'd have been all over this I think because it has quite a few holes it does it does but as you say it's but so damn enjoyable from, a, from an entertainment point of view you just suspend all negativity and you just don't, go with it's it it's because the everyone's um, performances carry it completely um, I think yeah. the dialogue is really great so it's written by uh, Rob Shearman uh, this story as well yeah um the dialogue is fantastic it's well acted the soundscapes that they create um as well are, are brilliant you know you, you you do get this this whole impression they are they are in an old creepy edwardian mansion yeah i mean we always yeah. say about these things is can you picture where yeah. this is happening and with this very much so yes you can definitely definitely it's it's, it's really really good really good and and I must say, I, I can't really... F- I, actually, I don't want to say anything negative about it. No. To be honest. I just want to say, you know, I enjoyed it, and I think you people out there should also listen to this one as well. Even though You really would have enjoyed it if we hadn't spoiled, spoiled it. Spoiled it for you. <laughs> but actually, do you know what? We've already scratched the surface, because there was a lot there. Yeah. And, and I say, it, 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 it's enjoyable, even knowing what's happening. It's, it's enjoyable just for the performances. Yeah, exactly. So, um... I'd, I'd just say, just go and listen to it. Yeah. Even if you listened to it before, go listen to it again. Yeah. Because it's a great story. Yeah, it's if fantastic. you haven't listened to it for a while, as I hadn't, then go back and listen go to it. Go back and listen to it. Go back. Yeah. Shall we leave that there? 
I think so. A short and sweet review because I think you know it's. I, I don't want to get into anything negative on this one no. because it, it's, no, yeah, the, it is one of those things where the more actually you start talking about it, the more you might actually start thinking, oh, I don't know actually if this works or not. So no, I don't really want to. No, I'm leaving it there. We'll we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, what's coming up next week? Well, we're going to go back to our target uh, novel reviews. And um, we, we're in a bit of a quandary, didn't we? We, we finally decided we're going to do the Ice Warriors. Yes. So um, they give me an excuse to watch uh, the Ice Warriors on DVD, which I still haven't done yet, and also read the, read the novel, novelisation. So yeah. um, that, that's what's coming up next week. So the week after that, uh, we're having a uh, it's our break, uh, and then when we return, we're going to um, kick off another commentary, aren't we? That is the plan. That is the plan. As you know, these things don't necessarily always go... Always go to plan. That way, when um, trying to get three of us together. Indeed. indeed. But that, 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 that's how it stands at the moment. At the moment. Now, we have got um, sort of a plan on a, a, a series of commentaries, haven't we, leading up to the new series starting. But we won't tell you what that is until next week. No. So we, we'll announce what that is next week. Okay, then. Let's leave that there. Let's, let's wrap this up then. So, for another week, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.